Welcome to the Balance Bod Pod, where we talk about all things balancing life and health so you can have your cake and eat it too. Or your donuts or your pizza or whatever your thing is. But seriously, health is the greatest gift that we have and it does not have to come at the cost of enjoying the fun parts of life. So through the podcast, we're going to explore and experience for ourselves what balance truly looks like in our own lives. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Balanced Bad Pod for episode 20. I cannot believe it. That is so many episodes. I feel like it just happened overnight and we've actually been here for months and months together. So thanks for your ears. I appreciate it. And again, if you guys have any feedback or want to do a review, reviews are super duper easy and they mean the world to me. So please don't be shy on that if you've been meaning to or if you've been with us for a while. We'd love to have a review because I always like to hear what you guys are thinking, what's on your mind, and really what you're taking away from the podcast. So you can do this by going to the podcast in your Apple iTunes podcast app and you can scroll down through the, it'll give you the most common episodes or the most recent episodes. It'll tell you the star ratings and directly underneath that is the reviews. It's so simple. You write a review, you tell me what you think and you, um, that's it. It takes like five seconds. So that's all I have to say. There's no more, there's no more instructions. (laughs) Super simple. Thank you guys in advance. I know that all the podcasters that you listen to are, are asking for reviews left and right. It means the world to us podcasters. So again, thank you so much for your ears. And even if you're not leaving a review, I'm so glad you're here. I do want to hear from you. Send me a DM, send me an email, get in touch, girlfriend. I want to hear what you're thinking about our episodes and what else you're hoping to hear on the podcast. So without further ado, let's jump into episode 20, which is eight steps to overcome your limiting beliefs. This is a long awaited episode. I've gotten a lot of questions on limiting beliefs, a lot of requests to cover this. So here we go. So first of all, I want to just acknowledge that we all tell ourselves stories, stories of who we are, what we do or what we don't do, and what we are or are not capable of. Things like, I could never do that, or gosh, I'm always late. Those are things that are, those are stories, right? I am somebody who is late. I am a procrastinator. I am a C student. I am a workaholic. I could never live without wine or chocolate. These are all stories we tell ourselves. And these stories have the potential, honestly, to enhance our lives and push us to the greatest next steps we can think of, or they can stop us dead in our tracks. Always broke, always struggling, always wishing there was more. So what is your story? And today I want to dive deep into limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, and fear. And I actually want to start by sharing my own story of limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, and fear. So my whole life, I've had fairly low confidence. Um, That is getting better in, in recent years, but it's not great, to be really honest. I would always say to myself, I could never look like insert friend here who looks great, or I could never dance like them, or I could never have their personality, or I could never be as well liked as insert person, random person here. Or sometimes it was even more subtle with just settling for what I was being offered and not always pushing for more because I didn't believe I deserved it or that I worked hard enough for it. To make a long and twisty story short, let's fast forward to late 2016 after I got engaged to my husband. I, as every bride does, wanted to look and feel my absolute best on my wedding day. 
I'd been in the gym a million times in my life and was very comfortable there. And this was even after I trained at a local gym for a while and was currently working as a health coach. So I realized I had never reached my physical goals because I got really close and then out of nowhere, I'd want to eat out every night for two weeks or stop having the drive to go to the gym. Literally any excuse that I could find, I would do that. And quickly, I would lose the momentum I had gained and I'd start to get farther away from my goal. And then it gets super frustrated and then it self-sabotage even more, making my confidence go like hit a, a rock bottom every single time. I can't do this. I can't believe that again, I did, right? It's kind of like the beating up internal critic um, that just goes crazy and is super duper nasty anytime you're not perfect, which is pretty often if you're a human. So there's that. So because I had the wedding coming up, I was determined to look and feel my best and figure out whatever was stopping me from getting there and really getting to the bottom of it. So I did the really difficult, vulnerable work of exposing my limiting beliefs and self-sabotage. I asked myself why I sabotage, why I don't feel like I can get to where I need to be. And you know what came up for me? Fear so much fear. Fear of fully diving into my goals and not reaching them. Fear of reaching them and not being able to sustain it. Fear of being the person whose high school friends look at and go, oh, she gained weight. I literally had to marinate in this revelation for a few days and I still remember the night I came to this conclusion. I was sitting in my car outside the gym at midnight trying to figure out why for goodness sakes I couldn't just figure this out already. And then it hit me. And I've never been able to forget that moment. And I absolutely do not want to. Whenever I talk about self-sabotage and fear, this moment always comes up for me every single time. So then I had to figure out now what, right? So I unleashed all of this fear and all of this understanding of what was driving me. And then I had to deal with it. And that was really scary. And to be clear, when you have more self-awareness, so part of overcoming this is is becoming more self-aware, which is, you know, we're going to, of course, if you've been following the Balanced Bod Pod for any length of time, you know, we come up with action steps. So we're going to do that today. But if you are working through any of this, you're going to come out more self-aware, which is always a good thing. But I want to be clear, do not shy away from self-awareness because you feel like it has to lead to action. You do not have to take action on this. You can just know. And honestly, that might change things for the better without even having to take action. I'm not encouraging not taking action, but I am telling you that being more aware and feeling like you have to take action is not a reason to not become more aware. There is no reason to not become more aware. Cool. So then I kind of had to figure out, what do I do now? Now what? Cool. I got all this. Um, Holy cow, this is huge. And what do I do with this? So like I said, I marinated on it for a little while, a few days actually. And then I decided to take a page out of my Jensen Chero notebook and do the, I just want to see what happens if trick. It's her way of taking the pressure off of herself and just allowing herself to try without the expectations of how it will turn out. It gives her the opportunity to treat it as an experiment instead of this huge life-changing decision. I said, I just want to see what happens if I don't give up when I want to. The understanding that it was fear that was driving me and my knowledge that I determine what I do and my choices don't have to be driven by fear was incredible. It rocked my world. Every single day was a difficult choice to do what I know I needed to do, but I put my head down and I looked at the 24 hours in front of me in order to not get spooked at how far it was left to go or how many days I had until the wedding, obviously, since that was my specific example here and what I was personally going through. 
Prior to this, I'd always been a non-committer, someone who starts a challenge and does three weeks and gives up, who gets five days into something new and is like, nah, I don't think so, no thanks, I'm gonna not. A few months after my revelation, I wanted to figure out what was going on with my gut. Um, and, and if you, again, if you've been following the Balance Bod Pod, I have had some interesting gut issues and some some changes to that. I'll share more about that in like an actual episode of that if anybody's curious. But for now, I was looking to figure out what was going on with my gut so that that could be healed hopefully by the wedding. And so my fiance and I decided to do the whole 30 for the last part of February and beyond. I had zero evidence that I could do what I committed to. And I actually had a lot of evidence to support that I wouldn't see it through. Guys, I was so shocked that I actually did 30 days that I didn't even like recognize myself. It was honestly, and to some of us who just commit to what we do, this is not a big deal. And you're like, that's annoying. Just (laughs) like big eye roll. But for me, as somebody who has always had a hard time committing or had a hard time seeing things through when they got tough, this was huge. And I know there's some of us out there too, who start things and we're like, well, this is really hard and I'm not prepared to do this. And so I don't, I don't want to do this. It's not very much fun. And so we don't, which again, I totally don't blame you for. I've been in your shoes a million times. I totally, totally get it. But with my new revelation that I was avoiding things out of fear, I changed my inner story from I don't see my commitments through to I am someone who does what she says she's going to do, even if it's hard. And I did. And on my wedding day, I had the wedding apps of my dreams. I even made my best friend take pictures in the morning of the wedding of me in my swimsuit showing off my wedding apps to document forever. (laughs) So shout out to Haley for that one. I actually look at them often to remind myself of what I'm capable of. In the same period of time, I also actually before that, um, I also got a uh, a care package, if you will, from from the place that my husband got my wedding or my engagement ring at. And they had a, a deal. It was kind of a coupon in that care package to a local bar studio that I had uh, always been wanting to try but hadn't actually tried. So when I got there, it was like five weeks for $99 and they were also doing um, a challenge where if you did, it was like 25 classes in five weeks or something. So like five, like crazy amounts of classes, you would get a free t-shirt. That was the very first thing in my whole entire life that I can remember that I had done that wasn't school, right? School's always come pretty easily to me. I love school. So it's, it wasn't, when school is hard, it's not hard like this hard. It's hard like this class is challenging, but I love it because I love school. This was the first thing that I could remember actually doing that was incredibly difficult that I saw through, that every day I did it and I had already made the decision ahead of time to do it and I didn't waver in that. That was the first time I got that shirt um, for doing that and Gosh, it felt so, so good. I was like on cloud 19 million for weeks and weeks after that because I had shown myself I could do it. But wow, doing the whole 30, and this is not a, a shout out to whole 30 by any means, but oh my goodness, that's it's not easy. 30 days of extreme restriction, not even on the kinds of foods you can have, but on specific brands of foods you can have if they've got added sugar or just the intensity of the whole 30 is is a lot, especially for somebody who hasn't done anything like that before. So that was amazing for me to see through. And I honestly put my head down and I just didn't even pay, like I didn't let myself get freaked out by how far I had left to go. I said, what am I doing today? Awesome. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Instead of, you know, my typical reaction to things like this is, oh my gosh, I'm on day five. I've got 25 days left to go and a reintroduction period. This is terrible. I'm not doing this. This is the worst. And I don't feel very good, right? Like that's typically was my response up to that point. So this was amazing. Now let's break this down because you're like, cool, awesome. 
good for you. Really proud you made it through the whole 30. You're amazing. Uh, but like, how does this relate to me? Well, I want to ask first, can you relate to my first story? The one where I can't finish anything I start and that I'm someone who quits when things start to get difficult. If you have any limiting beliefs or limiting stories you're telling yourself over and over, then listen up. You have the power to change your potential. I'm not just here to tell you this fun story of how I overcame my limiting beliefs and had success and it's rainbows and sunshine and yay. I'm super proud of myself for the physical and mental work I put in during that time and it does not feel like boasting because I know how hard I worked and I know how surprised I was at myself. But that does not really matter to anybody else. Nobody else really cares. What does matter to everyone is that you are not destined to be stuck where you are. Let's look at some other common beliefs that happen and I want to wrap things up with how we can overcome them. So I've got five beliefs here. There are a million limiting beliefs you could have. So these may or may not apply to you, but I just want to give you some examples. Belief number one, I am not someone who achieves the goals I set, or I am not someone who follows through on my commitments. Belief number two, I can never overcome this binge eating. I'm a binge eater and I'll be a binge eater until the day that I die. Belief number three, I always let fear stop me. Belief number four, I am not capable of maintaining my weight if I ever even get to my goal. Belief five, I am an emotional eater and I can't change that. Or number six, I'm prone to depression and I can't ever overcome that. I am just somebody who is going to be depressed for the rest of my life and there's nothing that can change that. Or you can say that same exact thing with anxiety. I struggle a lot with anxiety. I know I talk about it a lot, um, but that's something that I have identified with in the past as well. And I don't currently feel that way, but gosh, those so those are so powerful. Those limiting beliefs are so powerful. And let me tell you, they will stop you from getting anywhere. If you believe you're somebody who is never capable of doing more, guess who's never going to try to do more, right? If you are somebody who is always saying, I don't have enough, I'm not going to be enough, I can't ever be enough, guess who's not going to even try, So I've had some clients share some incredibly deep personal things with me, and I want to encourage you today, if something comes up for you that feels too big to handle, please talk to someone. Counselors are counselors for a reason. That is literally their job is to listen to you and to do that in a non-judgmental and supportive way. They are there and they want to help you work through some of the struggles that are too big for us to handle on our own. And some things that I've seen come up more than a few times, don't let this surprise you, but some Honestly, these are things that I've heard before more than one time. So a couple things like I have to stay overweight to protect myself from the attention. When I lose weight, I get attention and it brings up the trauma of abuse I received as a child. Or I have to stay overweight so I don't get noticed by the opposite sex and I'm tempted by infidelity. I don't trust that I'll make the right choice. These are real stories. Limiting beliefs are not just lighthearted every time. They can be, but they can also be so deep rooted you didn't even know they were there. This is more than just trivial. And again, I encourage you to seek a source of support should things like this come up for you. There is nothing wrong with that, but make sure that you're doing what you need to do at that point then to overcome that and to be talking to somebody who can absolutely help. Asking for help is a sign of strength that you are willing to work through and overcome what has happened to you and that you aren't just allowing it to sabotage your entire life. So I know that asking for help can be hard, but again, I want to say that asking for help is a sign of strength, that you are willing to work through and overcome what has happened to you and that you aren't allowing it to sabotage your entire life. It also is a sign that you're not taking no for an answer. I think asking for help is so wise, whether that's from a coach, from a therapist, from a friend, from a family member or a spouse, asking for help 
just is so wise because if you are saying, I know I can't do this on my own and I need some help, you are taking the path of that is uncomfortable, but it's also the path of least resistance. You're not going to struggle on your own and try to push through it for something you don't feel like you can handle on your own. You are genuinely asking for help. And again, doing what you know is going to be best, even when it's painful, even when it doesn't always feel the best, right? So with that, let's talk about how to overcome limiting beliefs. We've just given you a handful of them. And at the end, I'm going to challenge you to write down your own beliefs. Uh, and I want you to think about these. This will take time. So I know we've been only talking here for a few minutes, but gosh, this takes time. This takes months and months and months. And I want to prepare you for that so you know what you're in for. Some of these things are very easy and you can say, oh, I didn't realize that was a limiting belief. But some of these are, are pretty big. Um, and even, you know, some that, something that was true for me, I know it, it seems kind of trivial for some people to think about exercise in a way that is like, oh, that's a limiting belief is that I can't ever get to my goal weight or whatever. Like, no, it's not a huge philosophical problem, but honestly, <laughs> it's important to me. And it's something that I really, really value in my life. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute on just the difference between some small things and some big things. But whether or not it feels big or small to you, know that it is valid and it is something that you can work through. So let's overcome these limiting beliefs here. Eight steps, I promised you. Step one is to take a few minutes right now to write them down. Bookmark this, look at your phone. It is, uh, we're 17 minutes in. Go back to this when it is time for you to do this, when you are in a place that you can do this. Listen to it now and go back to it when you're not driving or not in the middle of something. And you can honestly take the time to put the work into this. So take a few minutes right now and write down your limiting beliefs. Honestly, give yourself like five minutes and write down everything that comes to mind about who you are as a person, what you are and are not capable of, and what you can and cannot do. Number two, acknowledge that you have limiting beliefs. Number three, acknowledge they are self-constructed and serve to keep you in a mentally safe environment, even if it feels miserable there. Misery is better than uncertainty, even if it could lead to significantly better circumstances, according to our unconscious brains. And our unconscious brains are always trying to keep us safe and alive in the short, immediate term. Our unconscious brains do not look at the future. They do not look at uh, 10 years from now, how we're going to feel about it. We are in the moment right this second. Am I going to survive? Because uncertainty kind of feels like death. I'm just saying. Mm hmm. Number four is to ask if they are really true for you and if you have any evidence in the past that might refute them. Literally nothing is too small to count here. Even if something comes easy for you, like I mentioned earlier, um, you know, having the the str struggles with school, the school is always really easy to me. So a hard class was always a good challenge. I always felt excited about it, even if it was difficult, if it was a difficult module or whatever, even just a difficult semester. But nothing is too small to count here, even if it's something you're good at. So again, the first four here are take a minute, take a minute and write down all of your limiting beliefs. Do not, I repeat, do not let this be in your head. You will not get much out of it. Acknowledge that you have limiting beliefs, period. They exist and they th that they are dictating your future. Acknowledge that they are self-constructed and serve to keep you in a mentally safe environment, even if it feels miserable there. Number four is to ask if your limiting beliefs are really true for you and if you have any evidence in the past that might refute them. Nothing is too called small to count here. And a little caveat here, ask if they, if you want them to be true for you. Maybe it, maybe it does feel really true for you, 
but is that something you want it to be true for you? Do you want to be somebody who has a hard time following through with commitments, right? Have you ever committed before? Maybe you're having a really hard time figuring out a time in the past when you have done the opposite, right? You have committed to something. This brings us to number five, which is acknowledging that the past is not your future. Even if you have no evidence you can find to support your new trajectory in your past, understand that it does not mean it's not possible. It just means it's new. It does not mean it's not possible. It just means it's new. And you guys can have whatever you want for your future. If you want to be somebody who is disciplined or who has a a great integrity with what you say, that is possible. There is nothing that is outside of the realm of possibility for your future, but you first have to believe that it's possible for you. Number six is to think of a time when you did something difficult and saw it through. Maybe in college you had a horrible class and you wanted, that you wanted to drop or a crappy job and you couldn't wait to get away from it. Every single one of us has something to look back at here. Think deep and do not move on to the next step until you know what yours is. Again, you're thinking of a time you did something difficult and saw it through. Number seven is to dig deep into each specific belief. This is going to take time and it's going to be tough, but let me tell you, friend, your life depends on this. What is driving for each one? Think about what is driving that belief. Is it fear? Is it worry? Is it insecurity? Is it something else completely? This one is hard, but think logically about worst case scenarios. I love this topic from fellow coach Brooke Castillo. I heard her say recently that our imagination used for good is creativity and our imagination used for bad is fear and anxiety. Instead of thinking of the positive what ifs, we tend to turn to the negative. Explore that. It is often much less scary than it seems in our head. Maybe like me, you're afraid if you give your all, you still won't reach your goal. The worst case scenario I'll feel like a failure and I am disappointed in myself, which actually is pretty unlikely that I won't reach my goal if I'm giving everything I have to it. But we're thinking worst case scenario, right? Did you notice that I said, if I, f- I will feel like a failure and I'd be disappointed in myself. These are emotions. Emotions do not have the power to kill us. I will say that again because Brooke has opened my eyes to this. These are emotions, Emotions do not have the power to kill us. There is actually not very much at stake when your emotions are involved, when it's just an emotion. It's an emotion of pride. It's an emotion of disappointment. It's important to know that we feel good about ourselves. But if worst case scenario is an emotion, we're not losing a lot, right? It is something that we can manage and we can talk about and we can think about and we can overcome. We're not losing a million dollars. We're not doing anything like that. It is literally just an emotion. Now next is to, and and last is to write a new story for yourself. You are the author of your future if you so choose to be. If you decide that you don't want to be the author of your future, you will stay exactly where you are and you will consistently be wanting for more. You'll be wanting the better job, finding it's never going to happen, or you are consistently stuck in some bad, you know, just bad situations where you're like, oh, why does this keep happening to me? It's because you are not taking the power to write your story. You are not deciding who you want to be or, or um, what you want to do with your life. And so the world is deciding that for you. And that's a very real thing. What do you want to do with your life? Big and small, all things matter. For some of you, again, like I mentioned earlier, like seeing things through at the gym may seem like a super tiny thing, but to me, that's my whole life. I work in the health industry and it is so crucial that you look the part 
And this is a big confidence piece as well. And just, you know, feeling like people care about what you have to say. If you've got abs, people will listen. If you don't have abs, nobody cares. It's a sad, very unfortunate truth. And many people in the industry have abs and they should not, (laughs) they should not have anybody listening to them because everything they're saying is garbage. It's junk and it's not helping anybody. It's really hurting people. But again, in this industry, you have to look the part. And that's something that is very, very important in order to gain credibility. But also, I want to feel my best. And I hate being told that I can't do something, even if it's me telling me I can't do something. So I love to prove wrong. <laughs> so that's part of my motivation here too. But my the point of even saying any of that is that maybe it's something big for you. Maybe it's a career. Maybe you're saying I could never be a lawyer. Why? Why not? I hear this with jobs all the time. I could never, nobody would ever hire me. I'm, I'm, I'm already almost done with my career, right? But you're 40. And if we're working until we're 70, you've got 30 years left. Do not let those 30 years be miserable because at 40 years old, you told yourself you couldn't do more. If you're younger than that, oh my goodness, don't even. Don't even, girlfriend. Take that somewhere else. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) These are all limiting beliefs, right? You can do whatever you want to do. I know it feels a specific way, but sometimes the things that we feel are not always the truth of the matter. So let's go back through the, t- the eight steps to overcoming limiting beliefs. Step one is to write them down. Step two is to acknowledge that you have them. Step three is to acknowledge they are self-constructed and they serve to keep you in a mentally safe environment, even if it feels miserable there. Again, misery is better than uncertainty, according to our unconscious brains. Number four, ask if they are really true for you. And ask if you want these to be true for you. Number five, acknowledge the past is not your future. Even if you have no evidence you can find to support your new trajectory in your past, understand it does not mean it's not possible. It just means it's new. Number six, think of a time when you did something difficult and saw it through. Number seven is to dig deep into each specific belief. This is going to be tough, but your life depends on this. 7A, what is driving that belief? Fear, worry, insecurity, something else. 7B, think logically about worst case scenario. Remember that emotions do not have the power to kill us. And number eight is to write a new story. You are the author of your future if you so choose to be. What do you want to do with your life? Big and small, they all matter. Some examples here of writing a new story. Um, So taking I won't ever reach my goal weight to I am someone who will do what it takes to look and feel my best even when it's hard. To take I'll never have my dream job to I am someone who can have whatever job I desire. I am a valued and sought after employee and my dream company would be lucky to have me. To take I don't know how to run a successful business to I will find out how to run a successful business and I will have a successful business. From I will always let fear stop me from getting where I want to be, which was the old me, to I am a woman who feels fear and allows that to be my driver. Fear tells me I'm on the right track. This is the new me. And before we close today, I just want to do a note on self-sabotage. Self-sabotage happens in a variety of ways and typically stems from us unconsciously wanting to adhere to the stories we tell ourselves. Guys, this stuff is so deep and it is crazy how much psychology goes into every single part of our lives. Like there is nothing that is not touched by our mentality or our thoughts or our unconscious mind. It is mind boggling and I love it. And I just eat it all up. <laughs> Ultimately, how I, how we view ourselves is painful to change. 
no matter how you feel right now, changing yourselves is painful to change. So we do everything in our power to make sure how we see ourselves align with what we do. Because of this, self-sabotage is always serving a purpose. Typically, it's that it keeps you safe when uncertainty is near, that even the greatest changes are still uncertainty. And again, like we talked about a couple minutes ago, that is something that our brain fears big time. It doesn't know. It doesn't know what's on the other side of that uncertainty. And even if long-term it's going to be a great opportunity, it still is. It still sees that as the enemy, as a problem. The constant snacking when you're close to success or the procrastination on the important things you have to do because it's scary what you're capable of changing when you're completely focused. So what are you getting out of your self-sabotage? And I just want to say here, Jen Sincero, if you're not familiar, she writes, you are a badass, you are a badass at making money, and you are a badass every day, I think is her new book. And she is so great. I love how raw and fun she is. And but but she's also very unfiltered. (laughs) So to be clear, so she even talks about depression in a good way. And I want to be sensitive to knowing this is not always applicable to every single person. And I am no way making a judgment on depression. But I just thought this was really good. Um, because I like how she illustrates this concept of always doing things that benefit us with really honestly something as difficult as depression because it does not feel like it benefits us in any way. So she says to think about it like this. If you are severely depressed, thinking about like not working, I'm in bed all day, etc., and your family is taking care of you, it's serving you by allowing you to stay in an isolated place, to never have to leave the house for just being a reason to not interact with people and to never have to go outside your comfort zone for anything. Again, that's an illustration from Jen Sincero that I want to share here to get you guys thinking outside the box on how some things can benefit us because they don't always seem like they do on their face. But honestly, sometimes the benefit is to not have to do something, is to not have to get out our outside of our comfort zone, is to not have to try something we're not sure of or to feel the fear, things like that, right? Take some time to explore this and you can do some incredible things. Remember that the worst case scenario truly only is an emotion. And if you can feel confident that you can manage your emotions, remembering that they are not harmful, just uncomfortable, extremely sometimes, then you can do anything. I'll say that last part again. If you can feel confident that you can manage your emotions, you can do anything. That is all I have. Thank you for your day. (laughs) Have a great week, babes. And I am so excited to hear what you think. Again, please get in touch with me. Send me a DM, send me an email, uh, whatever you want to do to get in touch. I love to hear what you're thinking about the podcast. And if you want to share what your limiting belief is with me and how you're overcoming it, I would love to hear that as well. So keeping the lines of communication open, I hope you have an amazing week. Thanks, babe. That's all we've got for our episode today. Thank you for listening. Rate and subscribe so you don't miss a beat. Remember that new episodes and the blog posts that go with them drop every Monday to start your week off right. You can find me on Instagram at The Balanced Body and my blog is balancedbodyblog.co. Want to work with me? Head to balancedbodyblog.co and click the work with me tab to see if we're a good fit. And finally, any comments, requests, or ideas on who I should interview on the show, send them to me via email or Instagram, and I'm happy, more than happy to add them to my list. Thank you again and have a beautiful week.